Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. I'm on a journey to get better and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Manu. <laughs> hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's what we do here every single day. As I m- mimicked Kelsey over here, she dropped a few things and now we're cracking up laughing. She threw me off my game. <laughs> threw you off your game. <laughs> if you're that easily thrown off, Miss Meyer, then we've got a problem. A problem now. I'm just kidding. She's also got Winnie in her hand. I have a poodle in my arms. Um, guys. I hope you're having an amazing day wherever in this wacky, cool world you are. We have an amazing guest today with an amazing interview about an amazing documentary. Her name is Nicole Avant, and she is the filmmaker behind The Black Godfather on Netflix. And this is um, an unknown day. I don't know what day in this world you're seeing this because <laughs> we pre-taped this for a rainy day and Mm -hmm. so that rainy day is today i don't know what's happening but i'm hoping that like the coolest craziest thing is happening in my life right now and that's why i had to take the day off yeah and that's why this is playing here it is 
Canopy Lake Park reopened. What? And we're there. Canopy Lake Park. <laughs> okay. Okay. Listen. No, Santa's Village up in New Hampshire. New yes. Hampshire. <gasps> we didn't go to the ice castles when we could have. What a dummy. I totally forgot. So Kevin and I watched The Black Godfather on Netflix and were blown away. Now, Nicole's brother, Alex, and I have been friends for years in the industry. And... um. And I had no idea. I mean, I don't know who anybody is generally, unless mm-hmm. it's like an obvious someone's like, oh, my God, that's this person or that's that person. I've never really kind of cared. Right. Um, my friends would always just tell me context if I needed it at times. Like Rachel was always my, you know, <laughs> encyclopedia, my encyclopedia yeah. or, you know, on the celebrity front, Meredith would always tell me, oh, that's this person or that's that person. But to me, everybody's just people. And I just mm-hmm. want to have a fun conversation with people and, and have a fun experience. So I never had any kind of agendas. So I never needed to know what anybody did or who they were. Um, so I I didn't know who Alex's dad was or Nicole's dad was. I just found out last night. <laughs> and his dad and their dad and her dad is one of the most powerful people in our business and so incredible. In a and very unique way. In a really you unique way. You know, it's way. not like he's the president of blah, blah, blah. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Just no. behind the scenes. People didn't even know what he did. And I That's feel, he how did. ambiguous. Yeah. And I feel like the term Godfather, unfortunately, there's a sexiness to it at best. And at worst, it, there's a darkness to it because it's mafia. And he's not those things. Mm-mm. He truly is. A godfather in the sense of the familial. Like an angel. Like the the family god, like your godfather, mm-hmm. Maria, who's in your life to be your second dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what he really is. And uh, and it's such an incredible movie and I think such an important movie mm-hmm. for everyone to see and so inspirational for everyone. So many lessons in it. So I can't wait to talk to her. Jeff, had you seen it yet? No. <gasps> I know. I know. I know. And like, he and I People both need to listening. watch who haven't it's 100% Kelsey and for people who haven't seen it I would say that Clarence Avant did more for mu- for music and for particularly black artists than anyone um you know like he is a historical powerhouse and still is a powerhouse but it's worth watching the documentary either before or after you listen to this interview just because it is so so good but just know that going in that's kind of what the conversation is about when they dive in he was yeah. this you could say music executive, but also just game-changing industry force who did more for underserved people than anyone yeah. else during his but time. But it wasn't just for black people. Right. That's mm-hmm. why he's special. He's special because he did it for people. He yeah. wanted fairness for everyone, women, I mean, anybody. It could have been Lassie wasn't getting the, the, the same money that, you know, right. Flipper was Buddy, getting. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, like he's just one of those, like, very special people who just wanted fairness for everyone. And, yes, mm-hmm. he was trying to push his his um, community forward, his people forward. But, um, but he was just an awesome guy. He, so. And he was just so generous and so giving and... Um, and so evolved, you know, yeah. I mean, this is somebody that had every reason to be bitter, negative, angry, vengeful, self-centered, just out for himself. And and no matter what was thrown at him, he wasn't. And it didn't always go his way, as you'll see. Mm-hmm. But um, so it's a, such an inspirational story for everyone. It's such an example of how we really can make it work in this country. And how we are better together. Mm-hmm. Yes, 100%. And 
The other thing that's really cool, I just totally forgot. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Aww. honey. Womp womp. Been a long day. Shit, it was a really good point. The other thing that's cool is my Demi Lovato shirt. (laughs) Yeah, Demi, Demi, Demi. Thank you, everyone. Mm -hmm. That's what I know you wanted to say. I can't. I was just helping you out. Um, If we're on the same wavelength, Maria, was it that you were going to say all of those qualities we were saying for Clarence have been passed down to Nicole? And that's going to be made so clear Ugh, in this interview. Yeah. No, but that's so cool, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, the cool. The other cool thing is, is that he did everything his way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that they had um, uh, Sammy Davis sing I Gotta Be Me in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a very moment. powerful moment for Sammy Davis and all of that. But also, it was also who his dad, her dad was. And when he walks in a Coca-Cola, wait till you see the movie and you see how he got Hank Aaron, his Coca-Cola deal and what he said, this is not a bullshitter. He literally went in. He just, what he taught me in that is everything that you have in your crazy pea brain about how things are supposed to be done. And it's supposed to be like this and you're supposed to do it like that. Like he just shatters all of that and says, just fucking do it Mm -hmm. and just do it your way and have the confidence behind your way. And then people are going to react. I mean, can I go back to Sammy Davis? I don't know if you know the history, but Sammy Davis. And again, this is why we need to see this today. Sammy Davis at that point was, supporting president nixon yeah there was a a photo of him hugging hugging Mm -hmm. nixon nixon was super right wing so the african-american community at the time was really down on sammy for that Mm. they're like you know he's republican he's not for us jimmy carter was for us you know but nixon is not our people you know and uh clarence when they had a benefit concert for martin luther king he said, no, Sammy's going to be included. And they were like, are you kidding? No. Like, he's not part of this. Oh. Like, no, he is. And then poor Sammy was like, I'm nervous. They got-. And he said, just go out and speak from your heart. And then Sam- When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. Amy went out and said, listen. Wow. They my, booed him. He, they hard. booed him. And he said, and your generation, Kelsey and Jeff, need to hear this. They booed him and he just said, listen. It's okay to boo me, meaning because that's our country. We can, believe it or not, people have different opinions Mm -hmm. and we can have different views on politics. Mm -hmm. Hello. He was like, but the one thing you can't take away from me and I won't let you is I am black. And then he sang I Gotta Be Me, which to me is one of my favorite songs of all time, but one of his greatest Mm -hmm. songs. And it's like, no matter what, I've got to be who I am. Mm -hmm. And, and. 
everyone cheers and Sammy breaks down in tears and you oh. see it and this was Clarence who had yep. the guts to put him out there Wow! and was like no go you go out no you'll be fine go out there I don't care if the audience is going to boo no you're Sammy Davis Jr. you've done more for us go out there and sing and so again and this is guys one sliver of so many many mm-hmm. unbelievable moments yeah. in this movie if I was to ever buy a gift for Clarence Avant do you know what it would be? What? I would get gold formed balls. <laughs> and I would write Clarence on one and Avant on the other. <laughs> and that would be my gift to this man. And I might just do it. Because I've never seen anyone with bigger fucking balls in my life. Yeah. But you know what was cool? And she even mentioned it right at the top of the interview. She talked about how someone had to be a champion for him for him mm-hmm. to be a champion for everyone else mm-hmm. and i think that's such a cool message yeah. because it's like it's not that he just he's an incredible person clearly he had it in himself but it also took someone to be a champion in him yeah, yeah. and you know i think that that so aside from his gold balls yeah and then everyone he coached as you see they all want to now pay it forward and then right. and, and it can really work that way right anyhow pretty amazing let's yeah. get to nicole Nicole uh, was a powerhouse music executive turned ambassador to the Bahamas, turned award-winning producer with her Netflix documentary, The Black Godfather. As an impressive multi-hyphenate with her hands in tons of different industries, she is an example of someone who has learned how to pivot, grow, and say yes, thanks to her intuition. And she's here today to teach us Uh, How to learn when and how to say yes when opportunity comes knocking. And of course, we're going to be talking all about the godfather, her dad, Clarence Avant. I'm so excited to have you here today. It's time. I think what's happened in this last year, I think a lot of old molds are starting to break away and they needed to. Yeah. Yeah, they had to. They're not sustaining us anymore. Clearly. Totally. Clearly. I mean, yeah. they're not, nothing is, whatever we've all been thinking as a collective consciousness, yeah. ha, it really kind of went downwards. So we've got to kind of shift back because you, you don't have to say anything. You just see it. Mm-hmm. And you just, you, 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 everyone is showing you kind of where, the, where their consciousness is. So Nicole, the other thing to that is when I, my mom and I both got our brain tumors, yeah. I had so many epiphanies and I started studying the Esther Hicks of the world and the Wayne Dyers yeah. and all of these yeah. people and then the Joe Dispenza's and, and what I realized was I felt like I was so alone. I felt like I had all this new knowledge and like no one around me kind of knew or got it. And I kept saying, how do I get people to have these epiphanies without getting a brain tumor? Well, then COVID happened and everyone got their collective brain tumor in a sense, because the whole point was that health is the most important thing you have and the most important thing you need to like savor and protect and cultivate. And that's not just your physical health. It's your emotional and your spiritual and your mental. And that's what I get to do here every day. I get to talk to the best experts in all of these areas and get better every single day. Like what better thing to do every single day? Nothing. I I don't really know anything. Really. It's, it's, it's the best gift of service. Thank you. I think. I'm so excited. Well, yeah. you gave us such a gift and I'll tell you, you know, I'm friends with Alex, your, uh, yeah. your bro. And it was really funny. I, I've had the black Godfather on my to watch list on my mm-hmm. phone, but I forget that I have that list. <laughs> and so when, um, when I saw you were coming on, I was like, Oh my God, this has been on my list forever to watch. Right. And so my husband and I watched it last night and it was 
amazing. Like it has stayed with me all day and it will stay with me forever for so many reasons. And so I'm sure, you know, it was, it was a a journey to get to making it, but, um, your family and your dad, your dad is just one of a kind, obviously. And that's, that's why this was so cool. But what I loved about him is he's so unapologetically himself. Yes. And I think that's something yes. we all want to be more like. Yes. Right. 100%. And he was all of us. He was, you know, we're, I always say like, um, he didn't have the formal trainings. He came from, you know, poor, poor, poor circumstances. And so I feel like when you come from nothing, there's only one way to look and that's up. That's right. And that's our advantage when we come from nothing. And so, um, I just, I loved that he was so a champion of talent and Mm -hmm. wanting to help people. But one of the questions I left with, which I had like a million questions was he was best friends with everybody. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Like he was friends with everybody. So now Mm -hmm. he's helping talent get the best deals from his friends who are the studio executives or the the music executives were the music executives ever pissed that he's like helping them get a better deal out of them because these guys got to pony up more money (laughs) i you know what i don't think i think everyone at that time understood what that he knew what his mission was and which was as he says in the film my mission was to move my people forward end of story and I think once he knew that, and people respected that because it wasn't coming out of, we want more money because we're just greedy and we're just money, money, money. It was, this is about fairness. This is about e- equality. This is about, if you're getting paid that, then he should get paid that regardless if he's a different race, regardless if she's a different gender, regardless if there, it's just, what, what, what is the going rate here? Mm-hmm. What is it? Now, if you're, I'm gonna put this person in the job, whether it's a female or a black male or what have you, let them get paid what the rate is, end of story. And I think people at that time, because civil rights was basically pretty, you know, I mean, my dad started in the 60s and the Civil Rights Act wasn't passed till 64. So it wasn't like it was that much longer. You know what I mean? There wasn't this big leap where he came in later. It was, okay, now that these acts are in place, now that these laws are in place, we have to implement them. Yeah. And we have to, there has to be somebody paying attention saying, hey, wait a minute. We have talent here. We have people who want to work. We have people who need deals. We have people who are more than qualified to be in these positions. And and he was a champion. And he knew, again, to your point, his purpose was to be a champion. And I think he got that. Um, and someone was a champion for him, though. I See, know, that's the Mr. Thing. Glazer. That's the thing. Exactly. Papa Glazer. You know what I mean? I call him Grandpa Joe. I mean, that without Joe... I don't even know if I'd be here because I don't know if my dad would have really made it. Yeah. You know, but Joe saw something in him and then opened the door and then taught him everything and sat with him and and showed him the world. And everywhere my dad says I went and it was segregated still. And Joe says, doesn't matter, you sit right here. And he said, But I'm supposed to go sit back with the colored people. He goes, Doesn't matter, you sit here with me and watch and listen and learn. So where did Joe Glazer get that from? Do you know? I mean, because it's it's fascinating to me to see a white man 
like say, no, you're not living in Baldwin Hills. You're going to live in Beverly yeah. Hills and I'm going to give you the money. Like yeah. it's, it was such a beautiful story. It made me like so emotional. It makes me emotional yeah. recounting it now because obviously it was a different time then. Yeah. It's still a different time yeah. sometimes, but whatever. <laughs> um, and and um and just the generosity of that man to share his everything with your dad and then the trust right like because in hollywood i think there's such a fear that you're going to get screwed over so right. imagine a joe glazer would naturally think oh once i make him powerful he's going to leave me and screw me over right mm -hmm. but he didn't the loyalty your dad had to him and the mm -hmm. bond and the friendship and the humility your dad always carried for him was so amazing that that I think is what trickled around to all of his other relationships and and the way he then carried that message that Joe shared in giving in sharing and helping mm -hmm. um, he, he touched so many lives I feel like almost yeah. like Joe needs a, another documentary too <laughs> well it's it's a great it's a great example of the ripple effect which does happen and it can go in both ways you know, I mean, sometimes if someone is, you know, constantly bombarding you with negativity and children grow up and or what have you, I mean, there's a ripple effect. We see that. And so this way it went the other way. And to be honest with you, I don't think Joe ever once woke up and said, because of this act that I'm doing, I'm about to change so many lives. I'm about to change black culture. I don't think he woke up thinking that one day it was like, yeah. I think he just looked at it as if there's a person in front of me. I see some talent in him and, and I want him on my team and I'm going to teach him what I need to learn. And then because of that, and you know, my dad being, you know, from the South, there's a lot of Southern, you know, I think Southerners have a different way of looking things where they kind of always remember a little better of who helped me and, oh yeah, I got to pay it forward. They're pretty, mm -hmm. you know, they have issues, but they do remember that. And, <laughs> and, um, and I think that's what, What's so beautiful about it, and that's why I want to tell the story, because it wasn't just a story about Black excellence or excellence in general, but I wanted to tell with this movie a story about the American dream mm -hmm. and that focused on entrepreneurship, which is a real spirit of America, right? And owning your individuality, which is huge. And, and that spirit is kind of, I could see it from the letters I received from the movie, it's kind of missing. It's that go. It's that spirit of endurance. Yep. So yes, these people were successful, but what I learned from them was endurance and perseverance and getting back up. And like you said in your one of the podcasts I listened to last night, for me, sink or swim. Yeah. You know, somebody said that to you. It was coming out of somebody's book. But when you're given an opportunity to sink or swim, you know, and they were all given that they all had that in common of, oh my God, we're, we're going to sink mm -hmm. and we have to make the decision to swim and we're going to help each other kind of get to shore here. And I, I think that's what needs to come back into society instead of being so focused on. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. Who offended me and who said something and who did this? My God. Get up and live for Christ's sake. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that Mr. Glazer had that fairness. Like I, I'm very attracted to fairness because it's something that I, a quality that I really have in myself. I'm one of the fairest people you'll probably ever meet. And so, um, I really, it's something that I just enjoy in other people when people, I find people that are fair. So Mr. Glazer had the fair thing and your dad had the fair thing. And that was a great point that you had. It wasn't just for black people to get what was fair. It was women. It was everybody. He just wanted everyone to have a fair shake at everything. I think when you, when you receive enough injustice on your plate, um, and you see, and now, I remember my dad was born in 1931, so he's going to be 90 in, in a couple of weeks. Wow. So he was born into, into laws that said, no, you know, he was born into Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. So he was born into segregation. So he was naturally born into injustice. So he took that and lived that. And then as things started to get better again, because of people like Joe, um, then he, I think he didn't take it. He took it very seriously as if I'm not sure how long this door is going to stay open. Yeah. I really don't know. So if I have a chance to get through it and I can bring as many people through, then I'm going to do that, which is why, you know, Harriet Tubman for me was my hero growing up because for her, it was like once she got a taste of, wait, you mean over here in these states in the North, it's not this way in the South Wait, I got to go back. I have to go back and bring people. And everyone told her she was crazy. Why would you even risk your life again? But it's that that sense of, you don't know how long this door is gonna be open. And I think when anyone is is has challenges like that, especially of inequality and injustice, any type of unfairness, any type of cruelty, because it really is just basic cruelty, yep. you know? And um, it's, I think there was no other way to live. That's yeah. that's what I think my that's what I think what's in my father's consciousness was well what what else am I gonna do? Of yeah. course I'm gonna go try to get people through the door. I mean, what else am I gonna do? Well, I also thought it was interesting when he's like, I don't march. I didn't march. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then you're juxtaposing that with Martin Luther King saying, If you don't stand up for injustice, mm-hmm. like you're a part mm-hmm. of the injustice. And I thought it was like an interesting um, point. But what I think your dad was, is he was his own renegade. Like he was his own man. He's like, I'm going to fix this my way. I don't need to do it everybody else's way. Right. And he knew Martin and he went to his funeral and he, he helped him, but he, there, there were, everyone had to do, there were different ways of marching, so to speak. There were different ways of expressing 
hey, this is not right and we're going to do this. And I love that my father said, you know, I really could march because if someone had spit on me or hit me or the dogs came after me, he would have fought back and he would be dead. Yeah. So my dad was really trying to say, like, I don't know if I was even strong enough to do the nonviolence. Wow. Because, and the nonviolence um, strategy, I think, is the most brilliant strategy. And Dr. King realized it. And they all learned from Gandhi. You know, a lot of people don't know that, but they really did study his principles and studied what was able to happen in India. And they knew that was the missing piece. And they were right, by the way. I mean, Dr. King was right. And but the idea that he just got up in March and he was happy go lucky, you know, I always tell people there was a strategy in that man that I respect so much. You know, Dr. King, they, he had a team everywhere in the United States that they were strategizing and having meetings and plot and really doing doing so much more than um, just saying we're going to turn the other cheek. I mean, the, the turn the other cheek was the most brilliant part of it. And my dad just really knew that he probably wouldn't have done so well with that, but he did his own <clears throat> thing that would still help the movement. Yeah. So he helped the movement in his own way, to your point. Yep. And and I think, again, he owns his individuality. He, and, and he gave me that gift, which is, I know what I'm really good at, and I know what I'm not great at, and I know what gifts I can give to the world, and I know, and I, I only focus on those, because I can't do everything. Yeah. I don't even want to try to do everything. Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder, at what point did you decide, I'm going to make this doc, and then what were some of the kind of steps and challenges, or were there any challenges? I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I wanted to make this documentary for a long time because as a child, I would notice so many stereotypes if I was in a room and people would say, well, how are you in this room? You know, because all black people are this way or all black people go to bad schools or all black people are poor or all black people are uneducated. I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Like my, my whole world was, I knew black doctors, lawyers, business people. I didn't even understand that idea. So I always... But I love the power of film for myself and the power of film and TV changed me. Mm -hmm. And I, so I decided at a very young age, I want to, one day I knew all these stories, you know, Hank Aaron was in my life for, since I was six and Andrew Young and all the people in the documentary, they were a part of my life. So when they would tell me these stories of endurance and perseverance and getting up and moving forward and paying back, it, at first I was like, do they think I'm gonna forget? Do they, they, do they think I'm gonna forget this? Why are they hammering this in? And it was an epiphany I had probably at 10 realizing, oh, they wanna make sure that no one forgets this and they want me to pass this on. Wow, they you want knew that me at 10? to tell their story. Yeah, I was about 10 years old, yeah. Wow. Because I I remember seeing this movie Cabin in the Sky with Dorothy Dan. I, I just when I saw different movies of uh, with Harry Belafonte or Dorothy Dandridge or anything, I would look at and I knew what it did for me. Your Eye on the Prize, that documentary. I I knew what it did for me, mm -hmm. and I noticed a lot of people even when I went to college or anything, they didn't know it, black or white. They didn't. Yeah. They they didn't really know their history. So a part of the documentary that Reggie Hudlin and I wanted to do was we didn't just want to celebrate people's successes. We wanted to show where they came from yeah. and that it wasn't always pretty, wasn't always easy, 
uh, wasn't fair, but they kept moving forward mm -hmm. and they didn't move forward to get an award. They moved forward for my generation. And, and so there was a baton that was passed by these men and women. And I think it's very important for all of us to remember that we all stand on shoulders of our ancestors and people before us and the generations before us. And, and it's not a joke. Yeah. You know, these, these, you know, people went to war for us, people, you know, people are marching for us and, and everybody. And, and we need to respect that and remember that. And basically what I'm trying to say is to take our freedom seriously. Mm -hmm. It's not a joke. Yeah. And it, it, and freedom doesn't, didn't always come easy, clearly. Yeah. And, and we have to remember that and use it wisely. I don't want to spend my time. Um, I only want to spend my time empowering people, you know, inspiring people, motivating people. I don't want to spend my time picking on people or focusing on what they did wrong or what they wore wrong. Who cares? Mm -hmm. And I think that, that it's a, it's a sickness that's invading, um, society. And I, so that's why I wanted to tell this film because I knew, and it's again, based on all the letters we've received and the accolades that we've received for the film, it's like, Ooh, yes, we did it. Like we set out with this intention to heal and motivate and inspire and empower yeah. another generation and to remind other people like, look, this, you've got it much easier than these people. So yeah. have at it. But I think it was so much more than that, Nicole, too. That's like, that's there. But to me, yeah. also, it was the inspiring quality of someone who came from nothing, who mm -hmm. just figured it out. And mm -hmm. that can be anybody who's watching that doc can just figure, figure it out. It's so funny you say that because that's my, when everyone says, what's your motto, what's your mantra? Figure it out. Yeah. that's I say it to everybody. Figure it out. And sometimes you figure it out by reading other people's stories, watching other people's stories, or just going through life and trying things. That's it. And you figure you figure it out. Oh, yeah. trial and error. Okay, that worked, that didn't work. It's almost like it's like a buffet. Yeah. You know, like life is this buffet. You're gonna try some things, not working for me. You're gonna try other things. That worked. Yeah. Let me try that one again. And it is figuring it out. And life, that's really what it is. It's it's trials and tribulations. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's, you know, um, scripture says, you know, God takes you from glory to glory. And someone reminded me, yes. And in between the glories are the valleys. Yeah. The valleys. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria. My mom would say in her Greek accent, Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz-free, up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code HEELSQUAD for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code HEELSQUAD. Trust me, you won't regret it. It's <laughs> very difficult, right? Yeah. And But without the valley, 
you in the valley i should say you build character mm -hmm. that's where you build your character mm -hmm. that's when you get up and try again that's when you when you start to grow spiritually and it doesn't feel so great when you're yeah. growing spiritually totally. you know it's like pruning it's like cutting off the dead branches cutting off this and then then you realize as you get older oh it's the entire root i need to pick up and maybe reroute or re, you know, reestablish myself somewhere else. And mm -hmm. so, you know, again, going back to the film, the endurance part for me and perseverance, it's always my message to people figuring it out. In order to figure things out, you have to persevere. Yeah. And in order to, you can't, you can't yep. figure things out without having a sense of endurance. Well, so clearly that's your handprint all over this that I felt because you carried that in. There's that that all over it. But then also, um, I couldn't help but also, I kept thinking of the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> and then, of course, your dad's name is Clarence. Clarence and the angel. And Did you really not know that story that I have about that? No. What? I really thought, it's so funny that you brought that up. It's going to make me cry. When people used to ask me what my father did when I was little, I would say, oh, he's in the record business, but I knew he was doing all these other things, but I didn't know what, how to describe that. I didn't understand the world deal maker. I didn't understand that word. And I want, It's a Wonderful Life is my favorite movie. Watch it every year, hands down. I watch it a couple times a year. When I saw that movie and the angel came down and he said his name was Clarence, I remember exactly, I was in my parents' living room I was laying down on the floor watching the TV like this, and I said, oh my God, that's what my dad does. He's an angel. Oh <laughs> that's, and I honestly, I really thought that's what he did. So I, I then I started in my head like, oh, okay, I want to do the same thing. But I thought because the angel's name was Clarence, I thought, oh, my dad's an angel for people. Wow. That, that's what I really thought. Wow. Yeah. And he actually, in, in, you know, if you look back at it, kind of really that's what it was. It just, he was an angel. And most of his friends or most of the people in the documentary would say, he was the angel that showed up in my life at the perfect time. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and, you know, Hank Aaron, who bless his soul, just passed last week. He would say that to me all the time. Of, I was successful. I was about to break Babe Ruth's record. But your father saw something different. He saw something more and getting me that deal with Coca-Cola. He was an angel mm -hmm. to me, you know, um, Andrew Young, he was, you know, Dr. King's Lieutenant mm -hmm. is saying to me, your father was an angel. He just showed up in my life and did something. And we didn't understand what he wanted that we didn't understand what it, why he was doing that mm -hmm. or why he would say, I'll help you. And people thought he was crazy, but it's funny that you bring that movie up because it made me understand my father uh, in a way that I don't think without that, I would have really understood what his mission was. Yeah, I love it. I, um, yeah. we love I that love movie. That you saw, I love that you thought that. We love that movie. We watch it every year. Yeah. And uh, I've always said to Kevin, I felt like he was Jimmy Stewart in the movie. And I was Donna Reed where like I had to come uh -huh. in and like, because what was great in this doc is when your dad fell on hard times, he was rich in friends. 
mm-hmm. and his friends helped him. And yeah. I was so, I literally felt like I was watching a modern day, yeah. it's a wonderful life. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just, it's so special. Like I said, this documentary is special in so many levels. But now when you take it to that, you realize what a great example you're showing of what we all should be more like. Right. I keep hearing, you know, executives in business, you know, business is a full contact sport and, you know, they're all just such sharks. And your dad was such an example of of um, conscious business, conscious business leadership and and humility and kindness. And, um, you know, I feel like when I entered entertainment news, I kind of felt like I was like the um, the secret, like reporter superhero for everyone. Mm-hmm. I wanted to protect everybody. I didn't want to yeah. hurt anybody. My yeah. goal was how do I protect them? And I would figure out ways to circumvent the like yeah. the gossip shit that they wanted me to get from people yeah. where I would talk yeah. to them and negotiate with them before and say yeah. stuff like, hey, like they want this, like I don't want to do this, but can we, uh, and yeah. I would figure out how to protect them in every situation. I have s- countless stories of celebrities that I helped in different moments and, and I felt like that was my place and that was what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and so I felt that when I was watching your dad and I said we need more examples of business not needing to be nasty business being about helping people and then that becomes the ripple effect so now Jimmy Jam and all these guys are like yeah. no we're not going to be protective and say oh we're not yeah. going to introduce you to this person or that person because you might steal our glory and our yeah. shine no we can all shine together yeah and I just thought that the doc gave me so much and I feel like it's going to give so much to so many more people. And also, I mean, I feel like with you, you know, knowing uh, a little bit about your life, you know, when you were asked to be the ambassador, ambassadress to um, the Bahamas, you, you know, you can explain what that was like for you, but you said yes. And I find that so inspiring and we'll, we'll, tangentially move over to this for a second um you obviously learned from your dad your dad didn't represent sports athletes he just saw something in him and said i i'm gonna figure this out for you and he he just when he felt something he went with it and he wasn't afraid to say yes now women I feel like we have a harder time saying yes to things we don't feel like we're qualified for because we're afraid and so we kind of cut off our uh, opportunities a lot quicker because of that fear. So I'd love for you to kind of dive into what it was like to have that opportunity and kind of the, the feelings around that and, and how you navigated those. It's interesting because I thought about it um, last night. I'm in my office now with all my pictures from the Bahamas and different things we did, the embassy and I did together. And I, I really... You know, saying yes, that I was very scared, by the way, still very, very afraid. And I think, you know, what I try to tell women is, you know, do it afraid. That's what courage is. You do it afraid. Mm-hmm. Still do it and still be afraid. So I was very afraid of all of it. I, I, I love, but I knew the opportunity was something that I would never, that it was such a, a beautiful opportunity that it was dropped in my lap. And I thought, oh my God, I get a chance to go serve my country and I get a chance to go do this. Oh, oh my God, you know, people, this is incredible. It wasn't something I ever really thought about. I didn't, you know, work for him to get anything. 
And again, the joke of it is because I didn't I, I didn't go into being his California finance chairwoman to receive anything in return, mm-hmm. or to receive a, a receive an award, a reward, I should say. But when I was asked, it was a really good friend of mine, Charlie Rifkin, who went on to be the ambassador, U.S. ambassador to France. And Charlie and I were partners in crime here in Los Angeles. And it was really Charlie who, because sometimes people have to dream for you, even if you know it's right for you and you want to do it. And then that fear comes up. Sometimes you need that person right behind you to give you that little kick Mm -hmm. that just moves you into the arena. And that was Charlie Rifkin for me. And he said, Nick, you know, you're, you were almost born to do this. You've been in politics all your life. You, you've, you love serving people. You you love serving in general because I really do. I, I mean, I live to serve. It makes me when I I know when I'm not happy or when I'm down in the dumps a little bit. It means that I'm not I'm not I'm too focused on myself. I need to be giving more, mm. serving more, something. It gets me out of my own little hamster wheel. And so to to have that uh, opportunity to go overseas was incredible, and it was. And I still have, you know, my friends from DEA and Coast Guard and Customs and Border Patrol, all these guys that I would have never been acquainted with. We would have never been friends, right? And it's almost like Joe Glazer and my father, like all the people in the Black Godfather on paper, they should have probably, they would have never really connected Mm -hmm. or been friends with each other. It doesn't even make sense on paper. And this was kind of, I took that kind of attitude to the job, which was, okay, obviously I know what the mission, you know, every ambassador has the same mission to, you know, protect Americans and protect our interests abroad and, you know, all that. But my personal agenda was to empower. And I was able to take that agenda. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. The embassy and, and bring the best of my world even that I had and bring examples to the youth, because I really wanted to empower the youth um, population in the Bahamas. And I want, I mean, I chose the Bahamas because I want to go to a black nation. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to see a black female in power. I And believe me, when I tell you one of my happiest days of my life, I walked into the Ministry of Education and all of a sudden, all these people were in the hallway. They were they were upstairs, like in the corridor, and they're cheering and chanting. And I walked in, and I looked at my deputy, and I said, "Wow, who's coming today? What's what's going on?" And he said, "Ma'am, that's for you. They're here wow. for you." And I said, "What?" And he said, "They're so excited to see you." And most of them were these women looking down on from the banister and just showering 
thank you so much. And then I would get letters from them saying, my daughter was pretty much failing out of school, you know, didn't want to go to school, didn't see any pathway. And then she sees you on the news every night or she sees you in the newspapers and she's asking, well, what is, what does an ambassador do? Wait, why is she with the prime minister? Wait, what, what, what is this? And now all of a sudden now she wanted to be the prime minister of the Bahamas. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you have to be able to see people in positions, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was, you know, saying yes for women. um, It's, I think a lot of the fear is the fear of the return of really, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. You know, really, what do you, why are you really in this room? Because we feel it, right? I mean, I used to walk into rooms and I'd say, let me just break the ice here. I have a brain and it functions. (laughs) No way. (laughs) And then let's go from there and kind of break the ice. And, you know, or when people would say stupid, sexist things, I remembered it worked for me like a charm. I would always say, really? I know your mom taught you better than that. I know you know better than that. Wow. And it would just, I noticed it would just sometimes just cut it just enough where, really? And, you know, but you still... Look, before we can all, we're all afraid, but look, can you imagine all the people that were so much more afraid 60 years ago, 50 years ago, being the only female in the law firm, being the only, I mean, the only female anywhere and no one taking them seriously Mm -hmm. and, or a lot of women behind their husbands doing the work, you know, scientists, artists, this and that, really doing the work because they genuinely weren't allowed to be great. And so I think when you have a chance that we do now to be your best self, mm-hmm. you owe it to yourself to be that and you owe it to society to do that and the world becomes better when you show up. And it doesn't yes, it might be a little harder for you, but so what? Yeah. You know, I mean it 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 we have it much easier I'm trying to say than everybody who came before us. Yep. And if they can do it, then we can do it and then the next generation it'll be easier for them and then the next generation will be easier for them and hopefully it will just be will will be good yeah but it takes time well i was when i was watching there was a moment in the in the doc where um there was there was a a shot of people working the fields and i saw this woman and she's holding her baby and she's picking stuff and i looked at kevin and i said we are such Brats, mm. I couldn't maybe do that for an hour in my total life. Forget every freaking day, yeah. and yeah. that's how I survive. God bless these people that's who right. before us did what they did, whether it was wars, like you said, or yeah. you know, m- marching for rights and freedoms and everything. We're brats, and I yeah. think your dad. When I watched this, there was another thing that I took away. He, I don't think he has patience for victims. And I oh, don't, God, no. right? Like, oh, I no. think he's like, pull yourself up from your bootstraps oh, yeah. because he's like, listen, I didn't look at myself like um, like I was uh, lesser or right. um, or like, oh, poor me. Everyone's looking at me because I'm the only black man in the room. He didn't give a shit. Mm-mm. And I no. think that when he looks at other people who look at themselves as victims in situations, he doesn't have patience for it. That's what one of the takes I had. Oh, a hundred percent. And he gave that to me. Yeah. I definitely don't have the patience. I can't. And I, and that was, again, the timing of the film for me was, oh, wow, this is a perfect time because I started to feel as if every time I had a conversation with people, it came more out of a, 
victim mentality or I would read things and it was, and I, I don't like that at all, especially from my family that I came from. So my grandmother, I mean, she did domestic work since she was six years old, six. Wow. So she, you know, she never, and then she, while she had her children, she, she would tell me her, the stories of her life, to your point, I would say, oh my God, <laughs> I could do that for an hour. Yeah. What? But I'm so happy that I asked her the questions. I'm so happy that she drilled into me that, you know, look, this is, life is not a joke. It is not to be wasted. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't, I, I didn't enjoy, I didn't have a childhood. I've worked every day. I mean, her hands had calluses to the point of, because she's working since she was six years old and doing domestic work. But her mother was in the fields and her mother, grandmother was in the, and generations of that. But again, they, they endured and they endured for other people. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, that's something where what I learned was a lot of it, they knew that they weren't gonna have their rights for themselves, but they didn't stop because they knew if they persevered enough that the next generation would have the rights. And I think that's a very powerful place to be of selfless, you know, being unselfish and really thinking of others. And um, so no, victims don't, victimhood doesn't sit well with me at all. And that's what I love about, you know, my husband's the same. I mean. Teddy didn't grow up with anything and his parents were young and nobody went to college and they didn't have a lot of money and they didn't, he doesn't have a fancy degree and he didn't, doesn't have frat brothers to support him. He didn't have any of that. But Teddy is the ultimate, this is what I love about him is that he figures it out mm -hmm. and Teddy has figured out his life and he, and I was very attracted to that in Ted. I was very attracted that he attracted to him being a responsible person and a kind person and a curious person and he loves film and television and he loves films because when he worked in a video store that's what he did to make extra money and on his breaks or when the store wasn't crowded he would just watch all the movies and fell in love with movies but he studied cinema and he studied things and so you never know of where you are in life or where it's going to take you later all the jobs that i didn't want to do as a teenager you know the the waitressing the selling shoes or whatever i was doing I was like, Ugh. but it helps you with having when you serve other people i tell everybody this when you serve other people in those positions you get to learn about humanity quicker than anything you get to understand human behavior when you're obviously dealing with humans yeah not just a quick two seconds but you understand behaviors and some people were very kind to me in a waitress position and some people were terrible and i and then it makes you think oh i never want to be that way right oh my god you know it just and i think that um and nothing is beneath anybody and and that's what i wanted our kids to understand you know and sarah started working as a waitress 16 17 18 19 you know and she said you're so right i said you got to serve you got to know what it's like and so you got to understand that you're no better than anyone else and no one is any less than you, mm -hmm. you know? And I had somebody come here one day, we had a big party for um, a Netflix event and there were about 300 people here and it was a big deal and everyone's having a great time. And then of course, one of the toilets got clogged and it was a mess. I'm trying to plunge it. I'm trying to fix it. I'm, we couldn't do it. It needed to be taken apart. Bottom line is I called somebody and he shows up, but he was so enamored 
with all the stars, you know, all the people at the house and everybody he recognized from TV. And he said to me, oh my God, and I'm just a plumber. I'm just, and I go, what? Are you kidding me? I'm just, you are the most important person in my house right now. Because let me tell you something, (laughs) those 300 people out there cannot take apart this toilet, including myself. We cannot do what you're doing right now. You are the most important person in this room right now. Please don't ever forget that. And please don't ever say I'm just because we're all here to solve problems. We're all here to make things work. Yep. Right. For each other. Oh, my husband says it all the time when we have, you know, anybody that comes and helps us at the house. He's like, we have enough TikTok stars. We need people who work. We need people who help us go around. He's like, everybody just wants to be famous now. You know, like, where are we going to have plumbers in 10 years? There are going to be none left. <laughs> he tells me that. I mean, I'm fascinated with, with everybody. I mean, I look at architects and engineers and doctors and nurses and lawyers and and I'm looking at everybody saying, oh, my God, thank God, because I don't know how to do any of your jobs. Yeah. Thank you all for everything. We need every everybody. Front line, every time I see an ambulance go by, I'm always like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, God, I mean, everybody is serving in some everybody. way. And that I think that's where we all forget. We're all serving each other in some way. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to acknowledge that. And yes some jobs may be fancier than others sure yeah but does it mean that they're more worthy or more valuable than others not at all i remember my parents were janitors at the largest nightclub in yeah. boston the channel I, I read that. yeah and one of the things that i realized at some point as i was getting older i'm like well without us cleaning like That's they right. would never be able to have a show like the b-52s would come to perform they're not going to perform in last night's vomit Hello. Exactly. Like we That's need right. to do our part so that they That's can do right. their part. That's right. Um, That's right. And so. it, it's, it's, it's the whole, that's exactly what I meant about when I worked in the restaurant business and I saw how everybody has to work together. Mm-hmm. So without the bus boys, I realized when I came home one day to your point, somebody got really sick in the bathroom and I thought, Oh my God, <laughs> without them, it doesn't matter how many people are waiting that I'm, that are waiting for me to seat them right now. If I don't have the busboys clearing the tables and I don't have the busboys cleaning the bathrooms, these people aren't coming to eat here. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. So everybody is important. Everybody is important on this wheel of life here, you know? And so exactly to what you're saying about your parents. No, no one was going to come perform in that nightclub if your parents weren't there doing their job. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, One of the other things um, that, uh, I really loved in the doc too. I mean, obviously there's so many celebrities that your dad has touched and helped and Jamie Foxx. I mean, I can't love that guy more, by the way, he's He's so freaking talented and so adorable. And I just love him. But Snoop, that moment with Snoop, um, was so powerful because, you know, there was a moment where, you know, Snoop was, confronted with the choice of maybe doing something not Mm -hmm. good maybe something violent uh and your dad steered him into a more peaceful place Mm -hmm. and that's when he started to adapt this peaceful 
mantra in his own life. Like he said to him, you have the choice right now to be a role model for all these kids who look up to you or take them down a different path. Your dad was there for so many moments of people's like pivotal moments for people's lives, big and small. There was the other executive who was going to divorce his wife. And that was like a beautiful moment too. That doesn't necessarily touch the world like getting Snoop, but it's still important. And it was in his life. Um, But my point is, is like, your dad it didn't matter was it big or was it small he just was a problem solver who got in but the snoop thing really hit me hard last night because if he hadn't reached him talk about a ripple effect that's right of what would have happened and the millions and millions and millions of people that snoop has taken down a different path with and then also for himself i mean he might not even be here maria Yeah. yeah yeah I mean, it it blew me away. Like me too. That was actually one of my favorite stories of the doc because I I had heard little ripples about it and I had heard things, but I had never heard that from Snoop. Mm -hmm. I had never sat down with Snoop and asked him before the doc. And when he said it himself, I thought the same thing. I said to Reggie, wow, look at all of the people that looked up to him that would have gone down the wrong path had he stayed on that wrong path. Mm -hmm. And... And Snoop was smart enough to to change. He was grateful enough to have somebody. You know, I love what he says something about in the film. I'm paraphrasing, but you know, if somebody like him in Clarence's position has the time to talk to someone like me, I must be kind of important. You know, to and do I this. Listen. And I and again, it, it goes back to paying it forward. You know, it's all about um, what are we depositing in life. You know, what seeds what seeds are we planting. And, 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 and what are we depositing in, in other people's lives? You know, I think a lot of people now feel that you're, I, I have felt this where I, sometimes I feel like an ATM and mm-hmm. I've noticed now as I get older, I start to ask myself, well, who's coming to withdraw from me all the time and just pull and pull and what do I do and how do I do this? And mm-hmm. right. <laughs> and it's, that one down. and then who's coming and making a deposit in my life? Who's coming and just checking on me and seeing how I'm doing and wanting to do something great together. Or, hey, when they call me, hey, Nicole, I'm do-, like, like during COVID, I had so many friends who I had no idea all the great humanitarian things they were doing locally. And I had friends call and say, listen, um, I'm doing something in South LA and I want to get computers to all these kids and I want to make sure they have lunches and I want to make sure this. And all of a sudden it was, oh, yes, of course, absolutely. I'm here to help you. And it was more of the energy of service and giving where they were depositing something good in my life as opposed to just pulling from me and complaining and whining and I can't Mm -hmm. believe this and I can't believe where this. And I would try to turn people around. Like if you're in a house and you've got four walls and you've got bread and water and you've got food and you've got friends and you've got your health, you're doing really well. This is hard for everybody, of course. But think about the people who don't have what we have. Think about the people who don't have the resources that we have and, and, and try to find them maybe try to, you know, and, and so for me, COVID, I realized, oh, I've been, I need to now bring it home. Like who is right next door to me that I can help or who is in my immediate circle that I can even give more to or even pay more attention to. Yeah. So, but that whole idea of, of planting a seed, 
versus somebody just withdrawing from me all the time versus depositing. It was, it's a, it's a game, it was a game changer for me. I love that. I think that's yeah. so powerful and what a great way to kind of take stock yes. of the people in yes. your life. Ooh. Yes. And, and, and you know what? And I also learned along the way it's, you could release people with love. You don't have to actually have a conversation. I used to think that I used to have, have to have all these conversations and say yes. why, you know, why we can't be the same friends or why you, no, you just kind of ease out, but you wish people well. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody said to me, I had an ex-boyfriend say a long time ago, I thought you forgave me. Why aren't we friends? I thought you forgave me. And I said, listen, I did forgive you, but forgiveness does not always mean reconciliation. Mm-hmm. And forgiveness doesn't mean that, you know, we have to continue our friendship or whatever. I wish you well. I really do. I wish you well. But it's it, that's it. Like we, yeah. we were in each other's lives for this amount of time. God bless you. Wish you well. But that's it. Yep. Instead of, and I used to think like, you know, forgiveness, oh, you have to condone the behavior. No, you don't. Of course, you don't condone bad behavior. And you don't have to reconcile. Sometimes it's nice if you do reconcile. But I think there's, a, especially women, I think we carry that burden of when we say we have to forgive, we feel like doormats because oh, I, I forgave him even though he's terrible for me. Oh, I forgave him even though I know he's not right for me. You can forgive him and still move. Mm-hmm. You can forgive him and move away from him. Forgiveness doesn't mean you have to sit there and stay in that situation. And I think women get stuck more than men but women really because we want things to be more peaceful i mean mm-hmm. thank god for women without women i think you know i don't know if the world would even turn without women it quite frankly <laughs> right so the grace that we i think we misunderstand grace i think we misunderstand yeah. forgiveness i think we misunderstand um mercy and kindness i think we've taken them as oh those are so weak that's the way we used to be it's not 1950s 1950s Without those virtues, the world doesn't turn. Yeah, doesn't doesn't spin well. Doesn't bode well. You know, our our society, our American society, is great. Yes, with industrialism and all that, but without women doing what we have done throughout history, and raising our children and teaching our children to be good and kind, at least decent. We're not always perfect. I'm not saying good like that, but being decent people and being a part of civic society. That is a role that comes very natural to women. The feminine principle, I guess what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say is a principle, it's a principle that is so that drives humanity. And I don't think we honor it enough. I agree. I totally agree. You know, and I really need... needed to hear that forgiveness mm-hmm. talk today for so many reasons. So I'm really grateful <laughs> that you were sent. You were the angel that was sent to, to remind me of that today. So I appreciate that. You're welcome. Well, you know, look, we all have to, you know, I had people tell me, look, that person who, that person sitting next to you, not everybody gets to go to the next station. Not everybody goes, goes to the next stop. Some people get off. <laughs> Some people have to get off. I yeah. love that. Not <laughs> Some people have to get off the train. And when they get off, wish them well. Hmm. Take the lessons. Take the love. If anything you got, even the lesson hurt, but take it and then the train goes again and then you have other people and then you know and i think it's continuous it's just it's it's the only way that i have found peace within myself um of of learning how to just let things go with grace and some and i've also had to learn that some things i will never understand 
And I have to just put that in the file in my brain that says, this is a file that says you will never understand this. Yeah. Maybe you'll understand in the next life, but you're not going to understand it in this life and stop wasting your time to stop wasting so much time to figure it out. You may not get it, but it's, it, it's okay. And so I'm happy that, uh, you know, look, the, that forgiveness thing that you just got from me, I had so many teachers teach me that through life, you know, and I think it's to your, the great title of your podcast, Better Together. We are I think we're better together. together when we share information. Yep. And I think that's the beauty of what Oprah Winfrey has given this world and what mm -hmm. she opened up for this world is I'm receiving a lot of information that has healed me physically and emotionally mm -hmm. and spiritually, and I'm going to share it with you. Yep. And take it or not, but I'm going to share it with you. And I think the more we do that, instead of focusing on just be a badass, just go out and do all these things. Well, mm, um, yes. Be a you know, boss. Shit, boss I can't. No. How about be, you know, <laughs> be, be yourself. <laughs> and, and a lot of these people, the problem I have found is that it, a lot of young girls and women are having a very, very hard time being their best selves because you can't be your best self if you don't know who you are. And everyone is trying to be somebody else and everyone's living in this alternative universe mm -hmm. and somebody else's Instagram all day mm -hmm. on somebody else's this. And then they don't look at themselves and you can't change. Sometimes you can. I mean, there's great things on Instagram. I'm not saying that they're all bad. I'm just saying it's you have to know yourself. Yeah. And and to know yourself means you got to spend time with yourself. As I, I like to tell our daughter, everywhere you go, there you are. So guess what? If you don't like yourself and know yourself and understand yourself, you're not going to be very comfortable no matter where you go. Because you're the only one that's always going to be everywhere you go. I love that. You know? Oh, my God. So powerful. Because, you know, um, <laughs> anytime I hear someone and they're like, I'm living my best life. And I'm like, <laughs> are you? Because I know people who are living really good lives. I've never heard them say that ever. Like, I don't think that would ever come out of your mouth, Nicole, ever. I've never said it. Ever. No. And so no. this new generation, and they're like taking their pictures, and they're like, <laughs> living my best life. And I'm like, are you really? Because <laughs> this is fascinating to me. But, you know, it's... Well, are you living? That's the thing. Are you... <laughs> yeah. Are you even living? Do you see... Yeah, it, it's... it's the, that's the whole thing of just get back to it doesn't matter how successful you are how great you are at the job if you're a rotten person no one really gives a shit mm -hmm. and and that's what people are going to remember I remember taking it at being in I don't know fourth sixth grade or something and it was about what would your obituary say what would you like how would you like people to remember you and when all of us wrote something down our teacher said to us none of you said anything about your business None of you said anything about money. Mm -hmm. You all talked about character. You all talked about, you know, a good mom, a good this, or, you know, it was wow. giving to my church or giving to other people, but that's what we wanted. Mm -hmm. And it was a really good lesson because it always reminds me of, yeah, you know, I don't know when I'm, as, as Clarence always says, you know, to live every day as if it's your last because one day you're going to be right. And you have to figure out what you're going to do in that dash. So you have, you come in with a number and you leave with a number and what you do in between those two numbers matters. Yeah. 
It really does matter. And I love what you said earlier at the top of the show with your health is your greatest currency. Yeah. Because it really is all that matters because as we all know, when we're not in good health and I had, you know, tumors in my stomach area and my uterus that I had to have surgery on. And in those days where I couldn't walk, like you said, you know, when I when I couldn't walk Ooh. and they said, you'll walk in a week, six weeks later, it took me half hour to walk to the mailbox mm-hmm. one day. And I, I just cried all the way to that mailbox because I thought, how many days have I taken for granted mm-hmm. of just being able to walk and do things and just it's the simple things and it really is the simple things when you get down to it and the the best teacher of it is when you when your health is compromised totally you know totally you know um your teacher did the obituary thing i always teach people um when i'm trying to get them to figure out a different way to face life's challenges Mm-hmm. Um, I always say, cause this is what I always do is think about how you would want your story to be told. 100%. And so that's where movies and documentaries are so impactful for mm-hmm. me. It's mm-hmm. like, how would I want my story to be told? So when I got diagnosed with my brain tumor, by the way, I was at an event the night before with your husband, you might've been there. I don't remember officially, um, at the Sabin's house for the brain trust for yes, Dr. Black. Okay. Yes. Okay. I wasn't yes. sure because I Everybody remember having a... Yes, yes, yes. I, I don't... For Dr. Black. Yep. So, yes. so here I am. I had promised him I would go to this event before I got diagnosed. Then Whoa. I got diagnosed and he was like, uh, so obviously you're not going to be making it. I go, no, I'm coming. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah. And so I said, but listen, you got a two drink minimum, buddy. I'm going to be watching you. And so, because he was like, he's going to be operating on me in the morning. So we're at that event. And um, and I remember them, you know, showing videos of yes. brains he had operated on. And I'm yes. sitting there and I'm like, holy shit, that's going to be me in like T minus six hours. Um, but I made a conscious choice to go through this brain tumor journey with humor. I was like, comedy must rule. I'm going to crack jokes. I'm going to make it fun. And I didn't want to burden my family with more stress. And I was like, I'm going to be fine. And if I'm not, I'm not. Like, I have no control over this anyway. And so I always say I would rather go through it in a different way. And I'd rather the story be told that I you know, I kind of had the balls to face it and laugh at it and just, you know, do it differently. And so when life hits you, it is about moving forward. You know, Rocky is one of my favorite movies. And, you know, it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take. So I always use the, you know, what's, what's the movie of your life going to be like? I couldn't agree with you more. And I think, you know, like you just said, the only way out is through. Mm-hmm. The only way out is through. So you have to go through it. And the attitudes and science has shown this, the better attitude you have, the more positive of an attitude you have when you bring humor into your life. Mm-hmm. I, I read about some guy who healed himself just watching comedy. Yeah. Only watch comedies yep. for two months straight. He yep. didn't watch anything else, no news, no negativity, no nothing, and just laughed. Yep. And he went back to his doctor and the ailment, and it was a serious ailment, and it was gone. Mm-hmm. And it, it is, if you're going to go through it, like you said, anyway, and you don't know really what's going to happen, then your attitude of, of with humor and, and making light of it as much as you can. Yep. 
he's not saying it's easy, but it does make things better and you do feel better. And you kind of have to just, you gotta have, you have to find some humor in something or it's, you know, and it's not easy to do, nope. but um, I mean, I look at, you know, I go to children's hospital. I used to go visit all these kids, mm-hmm. five years old, yep, seven too. years old with tubes all in them and smiles on their face joy in their heart Mm -hmm. gratitude in their heart and i would walk out and say to myself oh you're an asshole nicole like really like get it together you know they've got they're young they have tubes in them they are afraid they don't know what's around the corner yet they have more joy in them for living than you do Mm -hmm. and so you know get it together yeah and and it's a good reminder of 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 seeing people and and sharing stories of of how to just move through at the highest consciousness i guess i'm trying to say as you can you know well i always think too someone has it worse so it doesn't mean that you have to negate your feelings and it doesn't mean that your your journey isn't important too but to help give you perspective always it's it's good to think about it in those terms like I did um I used to do day of beauty events at the children's hospital for the terminally ill kids Mm -hmm. and every year um I would have the same feelings as you and I would think their only connection to the outside world is that window that's right and some of them didn't even have that and you're like wow and and so it's and they're little kids and it's awful but you well, know, you those are the things word, that give us yeah those are the perspective, things that give us perspective. And, and movies and art all art i think but especially film and television mm-hmm. they tell the human story in various different ways and the human story is a gift to everybody because it gives you a different perspective you must have a different perspective which is why i wanted to make the black godfather to give people a different mm-hmm. perspective and you did you know and you no. did one last thing before I let you go. Cause I'm sure you have a heart out too. Um, the other striking thing, Kevin's like dying to ask questions over there too. Yeah. I promise I'll let you get a question in boo. Um, <laughs> the other, so Snoop. And mm-hmm. then of course, how do you not talk about Bill Clinton's mo- moment in there? Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. about to cry. Yeah. Um, Bill Clinton, by the way, really special guy. He also, when he had found out about my tumor, I've interviewed him a few times. He sent me the most beautiful letter saying that, you know, they were praying for me. I mean, that just like moved me beyond. Um, and, and you could just see, you could see the vulnerability just pop Mm -hmm. right back into that present moment Mm -hmm. that he had in that moment when he was under fire and, and, and in that hot water moment it was mm-hmm. so crazy to just see him boom now he mm-hmm. wasn't bill clinton you know powerful bill clinton he right, was like right. he was vulnerable bill clinton recounting yeah. that moment which was a really powerful moment to capture yeah. yeah and i wonder was that something that he offered or did you guys say hey we'd love to talk about this that was that just came from a question that reggie asked him and he just brought it i mean it was and it was a beautiful moment. And I think what that, uh, you know, vulnerability, I think a lot of us, um, we, we don't really understand the word and it shows, you know, you get so much strength out of someone being vulnerable. It's such a strong 
thing to do is to be vulnerable actually is really showing how strong you could be because it's just you're the most human where you are your ego is out of the way and you're really reminded of oh this was a terrible moment and again my dad not being one for victims is you know get back to work just work you know you got you got to get back to work but the vulnerability is i think it's very i think people respond to stories like that mm-hmm. because it reminds us all of ourselves of when we are in those moments and i think it's very strong to share those moments with other people so that you could remind yourself that right we're all human mm-hmm. and we all make mistakes and we all feel terrible and we all feel weak and we all feel down in the dumps and and when we don't share that side of ourselves i think that's where you get the the boss and be this and the badass that's 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 only a little part of a human being i'm not saying that doesn't exist but you have to have the whole person so i'm happy that he shared that moment because no we did not um ask for that moment and um it was beautiful i mean it really blew me away it me too. really blew me away and just and he's such he has such a way with words you know when he was yes. like that and it's raining out and you got that, that person who just brings out a little umbrella. Yeah. I was like, but also again, back to your dad, what incredible advice. And so in this business and for anyone who's listening, who is in the business or wants to be in the business, one of the things that I've also learned um, by watching is it's the people who just keep moving forward and just plow on through just like shut off the noise that survive right Mm -hmm. um that i think is is was really incredible advice for him like just get back to work it'll be fine and when someone says that to you that you admire and you trust Mm -hmm. like he admired and trusted your dad Mm -hmm. um i think that gave him the confidence to say okay well if he thinks that then okay i'll think that and then you just go right yeah yeah it's really cool. Okay, Kevin, all your burning questions. Well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I have so many, but so I, I, I know you. I mean, Nicole, first of all, like you, your career is going to take on so many other, just like your dad, you're going to be doing a lot more. Yeah. You're, then you're going to see like there's, uh, there's a lot more on the horizon for you. So I just want to say that. Right? So I want to be the first to say that if you haven't heard that Thank before, you. but my goodness. Um <laughs> You know, I, I just want to say, like, th- this was a movie about people working together, paying it mm-hmm. forward, perseverance, mm-hmm. hard work. Yeah. There's so many things that, um, unfortunately, it's been, a, been a, the good part of the 20th century that's been poo-pooed kind of a little bit. And getting to see this, and, and with your dad, I want to say, like, from my perspective with his mentor... Yes, I give the mentor credit, but he mentor also saw something great in your father that was going to profit yeah. him immensely. Right. Yeah. And furthermore, what why I kind of relate to your dad was there's a line in the movie where all the artists and these mega stars and multimillionaires he's helped, they're like, "We don't even know how your dad makes money. Yes, your dad no. didn't profit the way that his mentor did." That's what I forgot so, to say. So which really yes. just elevate your father. And then the fact that your father Let's face it, you know, the, the group of like all white guys sitting there, they admitted they're like, we're a bunch of assholes. Yeah, and the fact that your <laughs> dad, that too. your dad got the good out of them. Yes. And, and well, I just, it, it's like, I, I want, I just, I just want to say to anyone right now who is angry, bitter, 
hopeless about our future, feeling divided. This is the movie to see. Black Godfather. And Maria, I want to ask you something. And Nicole, I think you'll appreciate this question, Maria. I, I want to ask you, as I was listening to her speak and processing the film, is there a more important movie of the year or of this young decade, nope. do you think, than Black Godfather? No. No, right? oh not from goodness. the... And I oh, mean, my goodness. I mean God. that for the many lessons, the many examples. Oof. I think it's it's stuff that's just been missing that yeah. we have yeah. needed. Yeah. And I think yeah. that yeah. your dad obviously is such a great example, like I said from the beginning, but the money thing was interesting. <laughs> the money thing is so interesting because um, there was something at the beginning that you had said that I was going to go into and then we went off into something else, but... Um, it goes back to it's a wonderful life. Yeah. He didn't yeah. care. He just wanted to, he just was living and helping and doing. He wasn't worried about invoices and all the other stuff. He, I think he just knew this, the same thing, the theme of it it's a wonderful back. life. You're just, you're rich in friends. Someone yeah. who's rich in friends is rich. And yeah, I mean, look, he, he had his, you know, he had his businesses, he did well in them. And then he, did terrible in them, you know, was up and down and up and down. But to your point, he was rich in friends who who showed up when he did go down. Mm -hmm. So the point is, I think, which was which we got across, thank God, in the film was, had my dad not been that person to kind of help people along the way, like Lalo Schifrin, when he said, I want to come to Hollywood and, you know, I want to do these things. And then a couple of years later, it's Mission Impossible and what have you. But had he not been there for people, they definitely would have would not have been there for him when he went down. So my mom was able to call his friends and she was able to say, you know, she tells me stories of she would call people secretly, like Clarence helped so many people and we're losing everything. She and was Donna no Reed. You know, coming to help us. And they, you know, like Joe Smith, God bless his soul. I mean, like I said, we've lost seven people in a year and a half from that film. Wow. And it, you know, Joe Smith really, and he says in the film, I mean, he, I think his, what did he say? Like, you know, we proved to be Santa Claus. You know, he, they came in and Jerry Moss, God bless him from A&M Records. I mean, they all did, Herb Albert. And I remember asking my dad recently, he goes, no, I paid everyone back. Wow. It took me a while, but I paid everyone back. But the fact that they, they literally saved our house. I mean, I'm yeah. in the movie. I mean, I say this and I carry this fear in me now of, you got to pay everything off. No one's taking our house. No one's taking, I mean, yeah. I drive Ted nuts, but it's this at six years old, when someone is telling you that the bank is going to foreclose, you know, I don't, I don't know what that means at six. I don't, you know, all of a sudden it's like, we're moving. Where am I moving? We don't know where we're moving. Maybe we're going to go back to New York. Maybe you're going to go live with your grandma. I mean, it was bad. Mm. And cause it was all businesses at once. So his wealth and friendships, you know, thank God he had, had sown enough good seed to then when he was in trouble, they were there and they wanted to help, you know, that's the difference. They actually wanted to help him and help him get back on his feet after Sussex records. And even the Bill Withers story for me, I think that was one of the most important yes. stories because Bill and my father started off great mm -hmm. then Bill left, then they would argue, but they always shared their publishing and it was up and down, up and down. But by the end of the film, you saw their whole relationship and, and it's Bill giving the speech when my father's receiving his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, yep. you know? And, and so that, for me, that arc of friendship and being there for each other is, was very profound for me. And it, in, 
and it's a deep love. It, it, it was proof that there is, you don't have to spend time with each other. They didn't talk every day on the phone. Yeah. They spoke maybe a couple times a year, but the love they had for each other never went away. And Bill always wanted to be there for my father. I mean, when he passed this year, I just, I mean, that was a big, I was in love with Bill Withers. I mean, I really wanted to marry Bill Withers, but I was in love with Bill. <laughs> and I, I also wanted to marry Randy Jackson. I always look at Ted like, you look like neither of these men. But, uh, <laughs> That's another I, episode. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, it's, it's the power of friendship and it's 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 the that currency of friendship i think has been uh dismissed in society and i mm -hmm. uh you know it'd be good that it can come back and people really help each other out because yeah. we all need somebody to say yes and we all need an umbrella as as president yes Clinton. yes what a beautiful way to end i think um you know in my first book that's how we ended it it was like i really feel like we're all here to help each other and we've lived our lives in the same vein where we help everyone in our path and we have gotten it try, back. Try to. And so, um, and I think that, that that was the beauty of that, that doc is there were so many gifts within it for all of us to take away. Um, Thank you. But, and your dad had every reason to be bitter and angry and not be like that. And who would blame him for being if he was just out for himself or, you know? And right. the fact right. that he didn't. Mm -hmm. um, Black Godfather on Netflix, people, please see this movie and tell your friends about it. It's If you want to feel good, if you want to have yep. hope for the future, and, and I just think young people need to see it. Because yeah. even the fact that he's like me, he yells at his loved ones as a coach. And, and, <laughs> and no, and Nicole, like this new generation... They don't understand you're doing it because you love them and you want to pump them up. Right. And, and they're, why are you yelling at me? But right. I feel bullied. You know? Right. I'm being bullied. I'm being bullied. Like, no, I'm just making a point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. hard. But, no, I but think thank that... you guys for your support. I love that you love the film so much. And everything you're saying about it is exactly the reason that Reggie and I wanted to make it. I mean, we talked about making this film for 20 years. Reggie and I just together 20 years. I mean, wow. almost 20 years. And it was so, fun, too. Like, yeah. aside from, like, all the, you know, that stuff, like, the graphics and the chart, yeah, like, was, all of it was that, the really, way you guys yeah. did it was so well done. I mean, I cried. I pumped my fist at times and mm -hmm. triumph. I mean, it it's yeah. a uh -huh. great film. Now, what are we doing for the What's Oscar? Next? No, for, no, we need to get an Oscar, Maria. We got to start campaigning. Oh. We got to start, <laughs> like, we're on it? It's over? Yeah. It's over. What? How? Yeah. I, no, I wasn't it, involved. <laughs> Shit. I know I needed to be on the show. No, it's fine. You know what? It won. It's already. Won, it's gotten. It's been nominated maybe four or five times for different, you know, best documentaries, and it's won a few times. And I'm grateful for all that. And Pharrell, even. I mean, he was. I mean, Pharrell doing the original song at the last minute. I mean, we were mm. done with that film. And I only asked him to watch it as a friend to tell me the truth. I'm like, what did I miss? Did I get anything wrong? And then, so he's won. I think one or two awards and been nominated. I think. He might be up for a Grammy this year. I don't know. I think wow. he might be done with award season, unfortunately. But it's the gift that keeps on giving. It, it is. Yeah, you're right. Keeps uh, finding a new audience around the world, which makes me so happy. Well, it's a wonderful life, as you know, wasn't successful until 30 years later. Well, this was successful. You know? I've just. Yeah. But it should. This should no. This should have been Oscar right. consideration. Yeah, it consideration. Been. Absolutely, it, it should have been. And yeah. but by the way, but it's going to keep going now, and we have to keep passing it on. 
to people. Yes, yeah. yes, and I, I, I agree, and thank you. And I love that you loved it so much. I, I really loved. Did. I needed this movie. Loved. It really was, yeah, we really needed it. It was like chicken soup for the soul. Yeah, mm. yeah. Aww. Yeah, for sure. So um, I look forward to the next one. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Working on some things now. Okay. So, I yeah. love it. Yeah, and Nicole, you need to come back because there's just so much you can offer. I think young people, women, men yeah. too, in mm-hmm. business. I oh think my god, we have so, so many, much. so many social posts out of this one. There were so I, many great takeaways. I literally just messaged Jeff and said, "Get ready for forty-three thousand clips." <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, you're you're incredible. I will come back anytime. I love talking to you guys. I love listening to. I learned so much last night. I mean, I listened to about five of your shows. I'm like, God, this is good. This is exactly what people need to hear. Mm. This is exactly the energy that needs to be out there. It's real, it's 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 just real. I think that's what's missing is, is there's no cake. There's all this icing. Yeah. There's no cake. I'm like, you know, guys, there's, come on. Thank so you. So I, I applaud you for doing what you're doing. Thank you. Well, share it with anybody you think would be interested in it. And, you know, we're hoping to take it to the next level this year and, and get it you into will. more eyes and ears. You it's, will. You will, no doubt. Hmm. And I will come back anytime you invite me. Yes. Yay. All right. Thank you guys so much. Love you. Thank you so much. Say hi to Ted, my my Greek brother. God bless your mom. (laughs) God bless your family. Thank you. And actually, Nicole, before you pop off, do you mind doing a little promo with Maria that we can send back to you guys? Just a quick like, hi, I'm Nicole. Hi, I'm Maria. We were just on Better Together. We talked about the Black Godfather. It was Mm -hmm. amazing. Tune in. Check it out. Okay. I'll start. You jump in. I don't even know how to do this, but I'll follow you. I'm just going to (laughs) do it. Okay. Hey, guys. I am here with... Nicole Avant. And she (laughs) is the filmmaker behind The Black Godfather, which is amazing. And a must-see for everybody uh, for so many reasons. There's so many lessons, so many takeaways, and it's just chicken soup for the soul. And you just did an incredible job with this. And I'm so excited for everybody to watch it. Thank you. Thank you. And it's on Netflix. I'll end with that. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Perfect. Thank you. We will send that to Katie. Awesome. Thanks, Awesome. I'll see you guys soon. Please give your dad a hug. I want want your dad. We got to have a photo, too. Oh, yeah. Shit. Oh, yeah. Um, Just a quick photo. I have to get one, too. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, guys. So many things. Um, I'm going to just count you guys down from three. You both look perfect in three, two, one. Yes. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Hope to see you soon. That We're on the amazing. East Coast. Someday we'll be back on the West Coast and we'll get together. I would love it. In non-corona days, hopefully. Oh, they're coming. <laughs> they're coming. Yay. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks, Bye, guys. guys. So cool. And so many what? amazing tidbits that we can social. She has so much to share. She's incredible. I know. Incredible. Incredible. I mean, like... It's I, one of those things. I was texting Kels and I was like, I know that this next chapter I'm pursuing is the right one. But when your last interview on the show is that interview, you're like, <laughs> and y- y- you two together were just special. Like it was a spark. It was so cool because you were so excited. And I love when you get so excited. And then she just, she loves you. It was, that was really, really special. Yeah, it was so cool. I mean, I just, I loved the movie so mm-hmm. much. And mm-hmm. so if you guys um, haven't seen it, it's the it's called the black godfather it can be found on netflix it's incredible as i said 
Um, I don't mince words and I don't suggest things that I don't one billion percent believe in. And I think you can tell I loved it. Um, if you want to be inspired and if you are somebody who, you know, tries every day to be a good person and then you see like you kind of come up short success wise and you think it's because you're a good person. And I know a lot of people feel that way, especially mm-hmm. middle class people. We tend to feel that way. Watch this movie mm, yeah. and watch, you know, when you're good and in, 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 in the long game. Play the how it long pays game. Off. Yeah. Yep. Guys, uh, if you haven't joined us on Patreon, click the link tree on my Instagram at Maria Menounos or Better Together with Maria. Join us for our heel events. Join us for our workshops. Of course, you get ad-free shows there and extra shows. Um, And that is it for us. Thank you guys so much for being with us. As always, thanks to our heel squad. Uh, Follow us at Better Together with Maria, at Jeffrey Crane Graham, at Kels Meyer 2. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Hey, Hill Squad. We have been on quite the journey together. And we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better. And it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it. And we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.